0: Loyal listeners, if you are interested in an ad-free version of this podcast, as well as getting some bonus content in the form of a couple posts a week, as well as some bonus podcast content from Shane and I, make sure you head over and support the Patreon at patreon.com/ndtexts and join new patrons Connor H and Matt A. Thank you all for your continued support. Since we are- Hello and welcome to uh, what we're going to call a victory edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me, Andy Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to this show over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to come join us in Discord for happy, happy, fun times in our live chat channel, herlittlesons.com slash Discord. Make sure you head over to twitch.tv slash sons for now free Sims. No more premium content for us. And of course, you can always find us at HerLoyalSons.com. That said, time to bring in our starting left tackle, Shane.
1: Actually, yeah, I was going to say uh, I, I, I want the record to show that right before we hit record, I had uh, the medical assistant over here on the sideline relocate my finger. So this is what I'm doing <laughs> immediately after that. So all praise that that deserves. I want that. I want the credit.
0: Yeah, uh, I am glad that you know. If, if for nothing else, the victory against Toledo will let this be the finger pop game because that was a a moment in football badassery that was just something else, uh, and that my kids got to witness and be very confused <laughs> about what was going on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, it was. It look there's there's no two ways about it. One it was a victory so yay like honestly yay I'm absolutely thrilled that we won because that game looked like a disaster and a half with the three turnovers and just oh God they were trying to lose the game let's just be honest and there was injuries you had a short week you had turnovers it was a mess Shane it was an absolute mess
1: yeah it um like I know we're in Kelly 2.0 era and we're supposed to be like what this would be now five years into the Kelly 2.0 era. And, you know, but this still had that very 2010 2011 chaos game energy the, oh, same, yeah. ki- the, the same kind of energy and, and I hate to I hate to fucking evoke this game because it is my my number one least favorite result of all time but the 2011 Michigan game, you know how things just became a oh, back yeah. and forth a back and forth of what the? fucks? That's what this was, just a back and forth of, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Wait, what the fuck is that? That's, that's just how this season feels, and it may not be 2012, it may not be 2007, but it's got its own brand of, oh, fuck, here we go.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about it more on the uh, exclusive Patreon podcast about what happened around the rest of the nation, but suffice to say, as a summary, we, we're in for a weird season unless you're named Alabama. Uh, and that, I mean, look, Alabama's only played one real game. Playing Mercer is, is not much of anything, but uh, things are things are a little bit crazy right now, to say the least. So it's good that you win and you survive. Uh, That's great. But um, and a lot of questions that need to be answered about this one. It's interesting. We thought we would spend more time talking about Peacock, and it's almost going to be a side note to this, because let's just start with the obvious right now. We are currently on our left, our, our third string, left tackle, and that's that was the joke at the open. Um, look, uh, Tosh Baker might be a great kid, uh, but he could not handle the edge whatsoever. Uh, and we, we have no idea what the status is going to be for Camardi yet uh, because there was not a, a follow-up call with BK today, so we're going to have to wait uh, until he is, is back up at a presser. So it's kind of a scary situation right now for the O-line. And Shane, at least the way I see it, is anything good that happened for Notre Dame, like in the running game or even pass protection, it was the right side of the line. Like I don't want to dog Zeke Carroll. I'm not even going to do a Rocco bit, even though I'd be like, hey, at this point, just throw him in there. Who the fuck cares? Um, <clears throat> but Zeke is not good enough to make up for deficiency to his left. Uh, that's that's just way too big of an ass for him, and it's it's starting to cost us.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we we have to come to the point where we understand or at least accept that the offensive line t- as, a, as a unit in 2021 will only exist in concept, but truly, it's not. It's not going to be something that's going to be functional, and and like this, like was handled in this game. You know, when because of the thereby anemic rushing attack that uh, that it produced. You know, we're, now we're you know, welcome to the semi-Tyler Buckner era because that's that's how the, the running game is going to have to be given new life. I mean, I understand that we were all mentally prepared for the transition away from having a mobile quarterback like Ian Book by accepting the role and experience of Jack Cohn as serviceable enough to surely implement itself smoothly and, and efficiently into this Brian Kelly offense because, you know, he's 10-year-11 this point, you have to wonder what kind of product we're looking at. But dude, it's still not as easy as it seems. if You're going, you're taking away a whole element of the game that Brian Kelly has, whether or not you want to like give it direct credit, has always been there as something to fall back on. Whether it was Ian Book, whether it was Brandon Wimbush, whether it was Malik Sayer, it didn't fucking matter. Even Deshaun Kaiser, they were mobile. Like, you need to have that, I think, in the modern Brian Kelly system in order to succeed. And, You know, while the offensive line is the number one reason why that's not working on its own, like, Jack has no fucking chance now. If they ever thought they were gonna run Jack at all before, that shit is gone. It has to be. There's no chance the offensive line is gonna block for long enough for him to to get enough steam to sneak past, I don't know, the 11 yard mark at best. But like, now that, now you have to, you have to get Buckner involved because of the number of injuries.
0: Yeah and apparently it was planned to get Buckner involved in this game uh, but really it, it was more than a shot in the arm it was it, it felt needed it felt required and it's weird to I say that it when, was
1: planned the second Blake Fisher went down
0: yeah and and not only that i mean it's weird to say this about a quarterback that really i mean he he won the game for the Irish uh, and and you know again he did it in a moment of football badassery to get his finger snapped back into place after he hit a, a opposing helmet uh, on a follow through so absolutely incredible that he did that through a touchdown but basically you're you're telling cone look you you have to immediately throw the ball like get it and throw it, it's a grip it and rip it type thing and that's just not going to work in in modern college football right now you're gonna have to have that other dimension and because the offense uh offensive line rather excuse me is having so many issues with injury, they still need time to gel. You're going to have to do something with it, and you're at the point to where you you got Buckner, who looks more than serviceable right now, and it's not necessarily Cone's fault, but you're, you're putting him in a position to fail. Like, do you want him to get lit up the entire time? And Cone didn't seem to mind that when Buckner came in on any play, he seemed to be happier than Buckner half the time when you know he was having uh, the success but the, the not even just having a mobile quarterback, but when you do have the RPO attack, which we that that was the first time it looked like we had run RPO since like year one at Chip Long. Like true actual RPOs of somebody that knows what the hell they're doing there. And when you do that, you have to that takes a defender out he becomes a read and you don't have to worry about blocking him. And that gives you an advantage over on the line. It gives you numbers. That's why the philosophy is so popular and is so hard to defend. So if we had a a, a line that could block for cone, I'd feel a lot better about it. It's just, it's a shitty situation. And it it, it was very well proven that it wasn't going to work because I'm not used to watching the Irish give up sacks, much less six in a game. To a decent MAC team, but still a MAC team. That's that's worrying.
1: Yeah, a team that hasn't even won the conference under current coach. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, it, it's this is Toledo. You know, I mean, yeah, stressful. Oh my god, uh, first <laughs> home opener. Like, no, like of course it was fucking. It was there was everything that you didn't want this game. Oh me. yeah, like, it's it's almost like it's guaranteed. Like if we all if we ever get an inkling of uh, urge to sit back and feel confident or any any semblance of a little bit of hubris about a result, this is the result that we always get <laughs> immediately treated right. to existential crises for the following two to three weeks or whatever. But, I mean, it was a stressful game, but now it's just now it begs so, so many questions about, like, what is the uh, like? Like Brian Kelly said, is like we, we're going to have to decide what the hell we want to do from now on. It's yeah, like, what it is that we want to do here. He said
0: that pregame too. He says we need to figure out who we are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's going to be one of those years. Like this is going to be a, a year for references to, to to the final couple of years at Cincinnati when he had to call on Zach Caleros and and you know his backup on in, on multiple occasions to, to engineer uh, a perfect season, twelve zero regular season. It, it the the, the, two, the two quarterback system has been serviceable enough for BK in the past, but it's like you kind of thought after the rebirth after 2016 that like all that kind of stuff was behind this team and Ian Book kind of set himself apart, apart with an era. And now we either find ourselves in the middle of yet another one of those band-aid examples of a year where like he's going to have to do that just to survive or... We don't realize it right now, but we are in the dead center of the transition to the Buckner period or to the beginning of the Buckner era. Yeah. And it's,
0: it's going to be one of the other. I mean, like Plan A went out the window, like you said, Shane, when when Fisher went down, it, that was the big oh shit moment. And, and Notre Dame's got hit by the injury bug real hard right now. But at least the good news, if you want to take any good news out of it whatsoever, is that it happened early. It's happened before you got to the meat of your schedule. You're playing a Purdue team that can put up some points, but you're still playing Purdue. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You, you got time to figure this out, but after that game, you have now run out of time. Now here come the big boys, here comes Wisconsin, here comes Cincinnati, all the way up until the bye week, and then you have to go face SC. So the, the time to figure shit out is, is running. I mean, you basically have two options, and you got to figure it out this week. You either completely reshuffle the line and figure out something that's going to work and is going to give Cone more than half a second in the pocket. Or you say, hey, Jack, this sucks. Uh, we, we had better plans, but if we keep putting you out there, you're going to get killed. We're, we're handing the ball over to Buckner. I, I mean, I just I don't see how else you could do it. And I'm leaning much more heavily to Buckner because of the skill set. I mean, there's just, yeah. and it sucks because Cone did nothing wrong. And that's what really, really sucks about this is that yeah. I mean, it's it's not necessarily his fault that people got hurt around him and he won the ball game. But, you know, it's, it's like when we moved to Ian Book, it's Wimbush is just not doing it right now. And that time it was his fault, but you knew where the best chance to win was. And it was with Ian. I, I think BK is going to have to make that tough decision. It's like, hey. You got your dream. You got to start a Notre Dame stadium. You got all the peacock specials about you. Congratulations! Enjoy the rest of the season from the bench. And keep it warm for us. Yeah, and we'll we'll call we'll call in on you when we need, like a you know, uh, to to calm things down. And he's Tommy Reese off the bench. I mean, basically that's that's what we're looking for right now. You got uh, an Everett Golson, dynamic athlete. And you can bring in your relief pitcher, Tommy Reese. And this time it's Jack Cohn.
1: Yeah. I think uh, what you're going to see against Purdue is probably a Jack Cohn heavy uh, with perhaps like one or two Buckner sprinkled uh, possessions in the first half. And then perhaps after that, if it's comfortable enough, this is a big bad if, of course, I'm not looking past Purdue. But if it's comfortable enough at that point, then I think they'll just give it to Buckner and see what happens. Um, because, yeah, man, it's like you said, like, and Brian Kelly said it before the season started, you got to get the athlete on the field, I and mean, you got to find a way to get a dynamic player like Buckner into the game, you know, to to, to give yourself a spark, or at least give yourself something uh, that, you know, the, the defense is going to struggle with. And, I mean, here we are already in week two, and I knew it wasn't going to take long uh, for Buckner to, to, to start the message boards, you know, going ablaze, you know, just by... The shit that he can do but i also didn't expect it to be this fast but yeah like you said man it may suck i don't necessarily think it sucks i think it's part of the sport but yeah man jack cone is gonna have to be either the the older brother that comes in and calms the room down and make sure everyone sits down and finishes their dinner like mom said before she gets <laughs> home or you know he's gonna be the one that like comes in and actually puts the fire out you know like you know throwing it away does not Put it out, you little Buckner. Let me go ahead and put that out for you. <laughs> it, it, it may be. Like, if he, but he, uh, I forget who it was, but another podcast made reference to the fact that he has that same kind of DNA that Tommy Reese would have. And I understand, obviously, being under his tutelage, that it doesn't matter how. Let's just win. No. And if that's, if that's his role this season, I'm fine with that.
0: I, I I got that I got that feeling, uh, and and when you went to the sideline, you could tell that the chemistry's there. There wasn't, and it wasn't fake or like overdone. Like he's genuinely happy for Buckner. It's like, dude, you came in and you got, you know, you got yours, and not only that, like w- when Buckner came in, it was no surprise that Kyron Williams was able to bust out his forty-three yard run. I, it, it was, it was a hey, we got to be back on our heels, we got to honor that Buckner can move on us too, and that Buckner can pass. And when you have all those different options out available, that's that's what causes havoc. And Toledo was not ready for that whatsoever, and they did not know how to handle it. And I feel it's the best chance to win. It was the same reason why I thought Cone should have started over Buckner to begin with, is that based on what we have, this is the best chance to win. All that calculus is gone now. We're in a totally different situation. It's time to hit the panic button and put Butner out there. I just, I just don't see how else this, this goes. From are we going to have some headaches? Are we going to have some freshman mistakes? Absolutely. But I would rather the mistakes happen when we're trying to win the game, rather than see Cone have a brain fart and and basically cough up a lead and give Toledo a lead for a hell of a long time because he threw an atrocious pick six that he never should have thrown. Like that's that's more maddening. I can I can forgive the freshman doing that. I can't forgive well it <laughs> makes it sound really harsh to come, but it's real hard to forgive that kind of interception when you're supposed to be the grad transfer that knows better. No, no, no. Yeah. If that's what we're gonna get no, get him out of here. There, there's there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, it's hard to forgive too like his vision, his general pocket presence, that like it all suffered. He's taking six sacks, it's just like a testament to like not only the offensive line's limitations but his limitations as an athlete as well. I mean it's and again it's no it's nothing uh, against his actual experience and knowledge of the offense, his ability to produce, his precision, his accuracy, all that stuff. But when you have Tyler Buckner come in and go 3 for 3, you know, an engineer 198 yards of offense with you know, his arms and his legs, I mean it's 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 undeniable, man. Like you would have to be an asshole to sit there and insist on not using, you know, the five star weapon, like they just, mm-hmm. if, if especially if that five star weapon is already clearly living up to to the building. and I mean just just looking at the commentary from his his teammates after, I guess, the player or really after the game was this is this is something that's not new to them. You know, apparently, this was the the tone set in camp by Tyler Buckner. So I mean, it just it just seems like. If, if everything else is on fire, at least make sure the quarterback position is one of the things that can, like, maybe, like, you know, uh, inspire something else to focus on. So, that, you know, the rest of the fire can be, like, you know, slowly put out or at least handled. You have to do it. You have to figure it out this week. Because after that, you're in the stretch, the hardest stretch of the schedule, clearly based on how things are playing out, by, by far. Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech now. And yes, USC lost to Stanford. Maybe Stanford's better than we thought, but they're still USC. So like that four-game stretch, you're going to have to have. I think you're going to have to be solid in who your QB is. You're going to have to be leaning on. I think, I hope, I expect Tyler Buckner by then. But I think by you know Purdue is the last opportunity to iron out any last hope you may or may not may not have for what you can get from Jack Cohen, and then move on to the next option.
0: Yeah. Uh my opinion rip off the band-aid. Get it over with. Fisher ain't gonna be back for eight weeks. Yeah. And, and now and now you're gonna have uh, right now your your best hope is that your second string left tackle doesn't re enter himself. Like yeah. that's that's dicey. That's way too dicey. That's it ain't worth it. Rip off the band aid. Let's yeah. go. Stop fucking around. Just just go ahead and do it. Um, I'm
1: all for protecting the quarterback and the freshman mm-hmm. and all that, but like right now, protect the offensive line. That's the number one red alert fucking Defcon one situation on the team. I think if you put an athlete out there that can engineer offense on his own and be creative, and given a little bit of freedom to do that, I think BK would be willing to do that in year eleven. I think you can still protect the offensive line, which I think has to be the
0: priority. Well, and not just protecting the offensive line as well is you make sure that your other playmakers are are actually going to get to t- have their touches right. and effective touches because. Basically, the you know how the running attacks going to come. It's going to come right at you. You don't have to honor that cone's going to pull it down, and if he does, you're going to catch up to him in a heartbeat anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. And that hurts Kyron Williams. That hurts Chris Tyree. And then if you if the offensive line isn't giving Cone enough time, then you lose out on Kevin Austin. You lose out on Michael Mayer. You lose out on Braden Lindsey and the freshman that had an appearance today too. You know Dion Colsey and Lorenzo Styles both got their first receptions. Uh, on this game so you, it, it, this is just what you're gonna have to do i, I see no way around it whatsoever so that, that's really do you want to bang your head against the wall and then hope that cone doesn't get hurt because that's that's the route we're going and that's a guy that was injured previously too it, it doesn't seem worth it whatsoever and and one other thing too is you know even though cone has been stretching things vertically a little bit I, I want to point out the two Hail Marys that we've had where they were both about 10 yards short of the end zone, like before the half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so not that his arm strength is atrocious, but um, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't where it needs to be as well. So I, I think Butner can bomb it a little bit for <laughs> him too. Yep. So I've running out of reasons at this point. Uh, you know, you, you hate to lose somebody be, uh, for faults. Not of his own, but the goal of the game is to win, man. You came to Notre Dame to win. Your goal is to win a national title. Buddy, if you can't do it, sorry. Uh, And I I think that's where we're at right now. He's just, he's not the right person for the situation that we're in right now.
1: Yeah, I would love to see, you know, five plus uninterrupted, nothing but Buckner drives and see what that result looks like. Um, Because I think. You know, you you have to give him the. Not, I mean, not that he, he's lacking for, it, because I think so far he has every reason to be fully bought in on himself and his ability uh, to hop into the moment and you know find ways to succeed. But I think you you want to make sure that you build, you know, that and 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 his repertoire of examples to to reference, especially with defensive alignments, you know, in person and the speed of the game before you get past. I think Wisconsin. You may still see. Things at a slower, more steady, more focused, but po- more powerful pace. But once you get to Cincinnati, you know Virginia Tech and UFC you're getting to speed levels of speed where you know you, you you can't be having him trying to adjust by halftime and hoping that he can get a you know get you know, Notre Dame you know into position to hopefully eke out a win by you know with by field goals. So you want the, the Notre Dame offense to be as prolific as its potential should you know should be, does currently demonstrate. Right? You, you, they could be torching teams with you know with these skill players, and I think it starts with the quarterback. And, and I think, like you said, we should rip off the bed
0: Loyal listeners, if you ever wanted to get a deeper insight into the Notre Dame football program from somebody that lived it as both a player as well as in the inside of the athletics department we suggest picking up a copy of If These Walls Could Talk, stories from Notre Dame Fighting Irish sideline, locker room, and press box by none other than Reggie Brooks himself. Reggie will dive into everything from his time playing under Lou Holtz all the way up to the experiences of watching Brian Kelly lead today's Fighting Irish. And we are happy to extend a 25% offer off the book. Just by going to herloyalsons.com book, make sure you use the code WALLSND25, that's W-A-L-L-S-N-D-2-5, when you make your order. Again, head over to herloyalsons.com book, use the code WALLSND25, and enjoy a great addition to your Notre Dame football library. Well, and, you know, somewhat related because this team's going to need to score points because let's, let's talk about the defense. All right, so okay. there was two sides of the coin here. One is, hey, for most of this game, the defense didn't give up an offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter. Granted, that touchdown <laughs> happened because of some absolute brain farts and two plays of 60 yards plus. Two, against Toledo. The first one was, of all people, Kyle Hamilton not being the last line of defense and making a tackle that he knows he should have made, too. We won't all expect him to make. And then just Devin Maddox getting loose downfield, and what the hell are we doing here? And man, man, Shane, find somebody that loves you, like Marcus Freeman loves setting up the Viper position off the line, man, because I saw Isaiah Foskey playing a multitude of linebacker positions. Which, I mean, there's there's advantages to it. It's a different look, but that that whole dollar formation, which it, I believe is is the the term he gave it for doing this three three five or whatever, or the mm. the viper being back off the line. Uh, yeah, I'm done with it. It ain't working. No, trash it. Trash. It. It's, <laughs> it's not working.
1: Man. It's fucking trash. I do not want to see. I do not want to see Jason adam yolola in fucking coverage, man. I do. I, I cannot. I, I can't fucking deal with that kind of shit. It's just like there's no reason to be taking your players out of position. That's just – that's that's the, the, the long and short of it is that that's the problem. It has nothing to do, you know, with the frequency. I mean, there's definitely – that's definitely a symptom of, of, you know, the larger problem. But, like, the, the big plays isn't really the issue here. It's – it's the every fucking down. It's the every first and second down eight, nine yard fucking gains with basic shit like delayed handoffs and just fucking like minor misdirection. Just because you insist on taking one of your best, you know, pass rushers and throwing him into to, to the fucking flat with the tight end or some shit. It's like, what are you? Why? What are you doing? It. It. it, it, it I understand that the linebacker position is suffering. It is thin. Injuries definitely put you in a position to have to make precarious choices, but like there shouldn't be what feels and I I, I may be reading this wrong, but it feels like so much uh, turmoil as a result of domino effects related to decisions. It's like I made I move this guy here, therefore I had to move this guy here, and therefore this guy, and therefore this guy, therefore that guy. That's kind of how it feels. It feels like everybody's off rotation by one. Like it's yeah. like everybody's out of one spot we keep paying for it why does it keep happening
0: yeah and it, it, it just doesn't feel like a cohesive strategy right now it feels like you're just throwing stuff out there trying to see what works and look i understand the the want to mix things up and to have wrinkles to where you completely you know catch somebody with their pants down because oh my god we have a defensive lineman in coverage. Well, that's fine if you have the occasional wrinkle, but when it seems to be the base defense and the base strategy, yeah. I, it it boggles the mind. It doesn't make sense. And it, it feels way too much like Jalen Smith having to run over all over the field because he was more talented. And that defense, the talent is so different than it was in 2016. And yeah. I don't want to revert to that again because this, this defense is so much injuries and all. They're so much better, and the strength is up. It's Kyle Hamilton and that defensive line, man. Don't fuck yeah. around with it. Just
1: it makes you feel like we're wasting Kyle Hamilton's last year, you know?
0: Yeah, and and look, yeah, Kyle should have made one play, but he almost made him. And I, as far as I'm concerned, he did. I don't know how that interception got overturned. He got screwed on that one. Uh, but besides that, he shouldn't have had to be put put himself in that position. But in the same vein, other people got to fill gaps. Nobody seems to be doing that. We look lost. We look confused. And even though they played a lot better overall, and I don't want to lose sight of that, that they did play better better overall, it it still still feels like we're searching for answers. And and that's unbelievably frustrating. The defense definitely played well enough to win. Uh, Seven of those points were not their fault, and I, I absolutely recognize that. They were also two separate times. They had to be put in a position to go make up for a turnover. I understand that as well. But all that being said, we cannot give up these huge chunk plays. It's going to kill. You do not yeah. win playoff games. You do not win championships or major bowl games of any kind giving that kind of shit up. Because once you once you end up playing a team that's got the talent and got the speed, like you said, Southern Cal, I mean, there's speed. You're not going to have time to adjust from your mistakes. You make one, you're toast. And if we're that worried about linebacker depth at this point, play fucking nickel. Just fucking base nickel at this point. If we're really that worried about who we can play at linebacker, and if that's like the true reason we're having the Viper position play back as much as we are, then just fucking play nickel. Put another defensive back in there. Put another safety in there for all I care. Just have four people up on the line at this point because – we don't. It, it's. It almost feels like we're trying to mesh a personnel that worked with the Rover defense that Clark Lee and Mike Elko had, and and now you're adding. You still have a Rover, but you got this Viper position that's a hybrid, and yeah. and, and nobody's really ready to do that. Is what it feels like at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're 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 going to have to, I think, throw away your preconceived notions. Think for Marcus Freeman that today he's this year he's going to do a lot of career growth because um, (laughs) it's not going to be it's not going to be this fairy tale plug and play bring exactly the success he found at the level that Cincinnati plays at. You know, not the same fucking story at Notre Dame. Let's just be frank. You know, you you can call it elitism, you can call it whatever the fuck you want, but the truth is, like the, the level of competition. The different conferences, the, the access to top 15, top five, you know, talent programs on Notre Dame's schedule is just a different fucking animal. And uh, there's not going to be this ability to, to take all these injuries in stride. I think, like you said, it's going to have to be a fundamental choice here that has to be made about for the rest of the year, we're going to survive on. Like you said, maybe just run base nickel you know, or just throw, you know, throw it away and just. See what you can do in the 3 4 or, 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 and, and survive. You know, just without overcomplicating things, without terminology that requires you're rotating safeties, corners, defensive ends, and linebackers to the same spot on the fucking field multiple times a game. Like, that shouldn't be happening. Um, just keep things simple because right now, yeah, like, it's, it's, uh, he's given up, or we've given up four 60 plus yard plays. In, in his first two games, whereas in Clark Lee's entire tenure, there were three total. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's a mess. And, and really, the, the track we're on, like you said, Marcus Freeman had success in Cincinnati. Well, his whole team's going to eat his lunch at this rate because yeah. this, this shit can't continue. It, it just can't. And, I mean, there's a whole lot like the offensive side of the ball has got to figure out real quick what they want their identity to look like. They got to figure out who they're going to have, be the quarterback, lead them out, how they're going to get around all these offensive line injuries. Now the defense got to do the same thing. You're missing some linebackers. you still got all your stud defensive linemen. What do you want this defense to look like? What, what do you want this defense to actually be capable of doing? I am fine with high risk, high reward. I am fine yeah. with that, but right now we're not seeing the reward side of it. We're causing some havoc, but – And we got more sacks in this game. We did have five total sacks. We did have 11 tackles for loss. There's havoc, but we're seeing way too much of the high-risk side of the equation. So I get that some of the stuff's there that you want to see, but it's not balanced right now whatsoever, and it will cost us. It nearly cost us against FSU. It damn near cost us against Toledo. It's yep. going to cost us against a better team unless this shit gets cleaned up and quickly. Yeah, dude, just for the love of God, it cannot be fucking Purdue. <laughs> oh, God. That would just okay. be. Wouldn't that just it's... be like the icing on the cake at this dude, point? That... You,
1: you know <laughs> for a fucking fact next week is going to be a stressful game. Like, you, you just have to. If you are coming in to any game from now on until fucking Navy expecting anything but you know game day sweats, stressful, angry tweets, and excess drinking. You're you're doing the wrong. You're, you're 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 watching the wrong team because that's what this entire lineup is going to be starting this week. It, it, I know it's Purdue. I know it's easy to find any reason to take historical examples and be like, "Ha, fuck Purdue, they're trash." But like, that's not what we're looking at here. This is a, a genuine FBS team that has you know build up some confidence they they beat their last opponent 49 nothing like just be mindful of the fact that this is still fucking Purdue you know it's always difficult with this team so until we clear this hurdle we can even look at the next one which oh shit is Wisconsin <laughs> okay it's just it's not going to be easy until at like minimum navy uh, and then even then we'll just have you know we'll be so shook by that time i think that it is just it's not going to be easy
0: the the way things are going this season, I think Navy's finally gonna figure out how to run their offense against year one defensive coordinator that doesn't Navy. seem to have his shit figured out. Um and look, I, I don't want to be like completely, oh, Freeman was an awful hire, we should fire him. No. We, we really yeah. fucked up. Like, look, there's there's just so many adjustments that need to be made. And and like Brian Kelly said pregame, this team as a whole has got to find their identity of who there are. I don't know what their identity is going to be as an offense because it's really clear plan A isn't going to work. I definitely don't know what their identity is on the defense. We used to have both of those. And one of them, the reason one of them is gone is because the quarterback graduated. The reason the other is gone is because we got a new defensive coordinator because the other one is coaching at Vandy now trying to scrape wins together. I guess that's just the reality of the situation we're in. And he's getting paid the big bucks as Marcus Freeman to have an an elite defense, to be able to get shit together. It's not just to have him recruit. This guy wants to be a head coach. He damn, he damn sure ain't going to be. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to be here for a year and then be gone. (laughs) No, not at this rate, man. No, not at this rate. He wants that narrative to come back into play where he's going to be a year or two and then he's going to jump somewhere. He's gotta get his shit together. It's great you can recruit. You're recruiting your ass off. I hope you continue doing that. But I hope more so you back that up, man. Charlie Weiss was able to bring in some studs here and there, and he sucked ass as a coach. Yeah. Like I I don't <laughs> want a good recruiter. I need both. I need right. I need somebody that can do both for me, Shane.
1: Yeah, man, find you find you a man that can do both.
0: That's 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 where we're at right now. Yeah, it's a highly frustrating game. It was sloppy. It was god-awful ugly. Uh, I, I was
1: s- still blown away, though. I mean, it, it, it sucked, but, you know, what, tell me you didn't. I was sitting there. I was eating, like, a late lunch with my wife, uh, and I had the laptop while we were sitting there eating. It went, The second, the second Tyler Buckner dropped back, started falling to his left, and let go of the ball, That Chris Tyree caught the second he let it go, I just started screaming, "Oh shit!" (laughs) Because you could just see that. First of all, he had a tight end blocking for him, and he and the two of them were the only two visible men on the screen, which meant the safety was fucking busy. I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And then, you know, of course, touchdown. It was just as if Tyler Buckner needed any more, like you know, mystique or, or or passion behind him. Like to see it go. Not just well, but, like, to see him look fucking, like, just polished, sharp. Like, like oh, shit, do we have ourselves a potential Trevor Lawrence-style situation on our hands, but we don't know it yet.
0: Like, that's how it felt. It did. It really did feel like that. It felt like, and and like I, I, I've said before, it's you are either Bama or you have a QB that decides to play like God. And, and that's how you have a chance in modern college football. And Buckner really felt like that. He didn't look like them. And, look, getting thrown in, I know it's Toledo, but it, it wasn't even that The it, it didn't look like at the moment was too big for him. He looked beyond ready, well mm-hmm. beyond his years. That wasn't – and you got to remember, not only is this guy a true freshman, he has not played football in two years. He had an injury that took him out two seasons ago, and then COVID happened, and his entire school didn't play. He has had two years off and now he's playing college football and he's, it's like he hadn't lost a step and he knows he's a better player on the field and he's not one dimensional. He can do, he was three for three. You know, granted it was only three passes, but I want to see more because there's this team should be so much more fun to watch than it currently is right now. It should not be this frustrating. Like it was, it was fun to watch us pull off that win. It was great. Because we have a, but we have so many playmakers on this team right now on both sides of the football. It should not be nearly this stressful. It should not be this annoying. I had fun when we won. Like I was, I was glad. Yeah. I was on the yeah. edge of my seat. I was pacing around. And I, was I so pumped
1: I, about Jack. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, I cheered. I cheered my head off when when Cone, you know, did his heroic shit. It was great. I don't want to get to that point. Of where I keep looking, it's like, oh, Jesus, here comes the heart attack again. Oh, fuck, here we go again. Can we pull ourselves out of this one? I I just want us to settle in, and I want to feel like I know what team I'm getting. Because I have no idea what team I'm going to see uh, this weekend. And that's kind of terrifying. I want us to be able to settle in, say this is who we are. And I sure to God, hope not, it's a team that can't figure out what we're going to do on offense because of injuries. And our defense has no idea what we're doing. And we're just good for giving up three ridiculously huge plays in every game.
1: Yeah, man. I want the huge plays to stop. And I want the fourth quarter. Are we going to get enough time? Are they going to kick the ball? Are they going to note the clock? Like, I don't want any of those questions in my head. Certainly not against the next opponent. Um, I can understand if uh, Wisconsin, uh, you know, makes it difficult. Uh, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want that. Uh but yeah, I, I just you know, I, I just need it to I, I need to see some some kind of identity form. I'm not really a, I'm not gonna put myself in this magical headspace where I'm looking around and I'm like, Okay, go, but they can still win every game, right? They can do it, right? And I am just assuming, you have to be mentally ready for the three, maybe four loss scenario to start to bubble up with a new quarterback and it's a transition season. You know, everyone has one of those years or whatever. Just, but like, I just want to see the identity form in that we know what the offense is, and finally see consistent decision making on defense. That's all I. expect.
0: It's all fair. This this is a much different podcast tone than we typically have. It's not even angry. It's it's not even disappointment. No, it's, it's just fine. pure frustration. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it, I it, well, fuck Peacock. I don't even need to get into that. We don't hate <clears throat> that shit. I don't want to ever deal with it again. Um, I, but it it was just a frustrating development man, to be like what the fuck man Toledo are we really going to break all these streaks and is it all going to come down to this stupid fucking team a, a, a home opener you know it's a, why why must the transition to a new era you know come at the cost of such a shitty or stupid result or whatever i'm just glad we got past it but yeah i don't, i just don't i also find myself not able to tap into that feeling as much anymore where I'm gonna sit there and be like genuinely butthurt and we ruined. Angry if Notre Dame does lose I'm I I'm so accustomed to like the real painful heartache, you know, see the last Michigan game where none of this real stuff is like gonna ruin it for me. I'm just gonna be like, okay, alright, they lost. We'll recover. We'll see what we can pull off at the end of the season. But yeah, I, I just all I want right now is for an identity to be formed and I don't want them to lose to Purdue. That's it. Yeah,
0: I I will say this about Peacock. If they were working real hard to make sure they never aired another Notre Dame game again... Yeah, they nailed it. They nailed it. And it it wasn't even just because, look, there's a couple different complaints. I'll briefly go into it because it's not worth going more. It's absolute bullshit that I'm paying money for a service and I have to fucking watch commercials. I got annoyed when the WWE did that shit to me. I'm like, I'm paying for your network, man. I don't need to, like... Run, run the Snickers promo, like, that it's brought to you by, like, every other sporting event, like, they, fucking F1 and, yes. um, soccer, you, you know who the sponsor is, they tell you who it is, and they just fucking go on. I don't need the entire goddamn commercial bit.
1: Yeah, and there and were commercials for Peacock. Like, we're
0: on it! <laughs> we're, who are you advertising <laughs> to? You fucking idiots? Like, <laughs> <laughs> One of the advertisements was for days of our lives. Like you're not even you're not even at the demo, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and and the other the other thing was is that um you knew they had a directive that there's gonna be some kind of 9-11 thing and that we're gonna let the band play and everything else. But before that, Father Jenkins came out to give an invocation and a prayer. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they just powered through it. I'm like, oh god, this is so awkward right now. They talked and over it, didn't they? They talked over the whole time, and you can see how uncomfortable Corey Robinson was because <laughs> at a certain point he just started whispering into his microphone. He's like, like I don't want to, to do this.
1: <laughs> shut the fuck up! If we don't shut the fuck up, they are gonna not pay us.
0: So here we go. Yeah, and <laughs> then and then to top it all off, Toriko does his wonderful lead in to the fighting oh, for man. And then they <laughs> don't even show it. They
1: said he did a full fucking setup about how they were helping fucking children in Brazil <laughs> or some shit. The uh, children with diabetes in fucking Brazil. And he's got this whole fucking thing about the, uh, you know, what would you fight for? Here we go, cut to black.
0: And here's commercial. Jake from State Farm.
1: Here's a commercial like for Jake from NBA State NBA Farm.
0: 2K. <laughs> <Like what>? Yeah. <laughs> what they the
1: complete- fu- and they never mentioned... It, it again they never commented it was never discussed there was no cutaway comment that says and that's a great fucking program uh, I'm glad that they, they didn't even pretend like it was visible in some areas they just back for commercial alright kickoff bomb uh, we're next here we go
0: I, I couldn't believe it it was absolutely hilarious I could not stop laughing and I'm just awesome. like I, I, what What a better metaphor for the entire thing is <laughs> Every everybody up and down fucked this thing up from from Peacock yeah. to Notre Dame. It's just like <clears throat> nobody really wanted to bring their A game today, did they? <laughs> nope, nobody wanted to be here. Performance, performance, completely optional is what it felt like from just about everybody. Uh, and now, now the thing I do want to know is how many people uh, actually decided to toss in a last minute sub to Peacock just in case Notre Dame was going to lose.
1: <laughs> A lot of people, because the fact that it was, the thought was even mentioned on the shutdown forecast after dark, like, as an idea, that means that, 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 that Oh, it had e- to have happened, yeah. Let's be honest, guys, like, I I don't shy away from the fact that so many people hate Notre Dame. I just, I, I love kind of hearing the different spectrums of hatred that, that exist for Notre Dame, and the, the, the different digs and all that shit. I, I, I find it enriching and entertaining but the fact that there are so many people that hate it means that you know a couple of uh you know people that love staring at you know notre dame's failures have to have alerted the people on twitter and say like hey i know it's 599 but they might be about to you know lose to a mac team for the first time in program history (laughs) you know it's not just going to be you know, a Florida State thing that they do later or whatever. It's going to be I mean, it's gonna be one of those weekends. Blood Week or whatever. Yeah, of course a bunch of fucking people. They cleaned up on that shit. Peacock is probably calling uh, uh, Jack Warburg right now and being like, buddy, did we have a good time? How about you?
0: It's hey, like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah,
1: of course. We're it, you. We absolutely. We
0: yeah, so to kind of put a bow on this as well, Notre Dame does end up sliding in the rankings. Uh, they moved down four points in the AP poll. Uh two number twelve, uh Florida, Penn State, Ohio State, Cincinnati, AM, Clemson, Iowa, <laughs> number five, Oregon, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Alabama above them. And they are still top ten in the coaches poll. They dropped three slots there with Florida, Cincinnati, Iowa, Clemson, Aggies, Oregon, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Alabama above them. Not overly unexpected. Uh but here are some funny things, say mm-hmm. the supplus the the wonderful ranking that we always say and now Bill C starting to steer into it because obviously we fall in those rankings we're 23 okay. that that that's not the story here the actual story behind it was somebody asked you know an obvious question to Bill C was what the post game win expectancy was for the Irish after that entire disaster and he said, you never really know what the SP plus is going to do for the Irish because the win expectancy was over 90 percent, despite all the bullshit, despite yeah. all the stuff we bitched about, the three turnovers, the fucking around, the looking like ass. We wow. were still expected to win that game over 90 no percent of the what. time. Wow. <laughs> Just fucking bonkers, man. It's, it's going to wow. be one of those seasons. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's going to be coin flips all the way down, man. You know? And I, again, look at the schedule now. Now that you have the rose-colored glasses in the fucking toilet, okay? Now that we're sitting here looking literally at the screen with with 3D glasses, one different color in each lens, Jack on the left, Tyler on the fucking right. Now that we're looking at the the, the schedule with the proper eyewear, take a moment to assess where you, when your anxiety ends before November 6th. I'll wait.
0: <laughs> it only ends if Buckner starts having a Heisman S season after all this exactly. bullshit uh, because otherwise strap in y'all it's going to be a bumpy ride tell you what I couldn't think of a more fitting way to send us off Shane than this kind of bullshit <laughs> it yep. can't be easy so nope. you're going to get entertained every week y'all that much we can promise uh, yeah but no
1: more no longer on Peacock thank god
0: Yeah, I, I would be fine if we never head back there again. I'm sure it'll be an annual thing. Unfortunately, especially they get since Blue Gold game starting next year. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, whatever. It is what it is. But hey, guys. The bottom line is we're two and O. There's a whole lot of teams that wish they could be two and O. It doesn't excuse everything. But hey, you got to keep winning. And that is that's the mantras. You just win. Just win. That's so right. this is a season of survival this year, y'all. We're here yeah, to man. survive.
1: So we signed a death pact with Rutgers. First one to lose his dies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the execution comes full circle. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Of course, you can always subscribe to the show over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And of course, you can head over to patreon.com slash text for a little bit of bonus content as well. Twitch.tv slash little sons when we come over on the 7th Thursday. Make sure you head over to Discord, herlalsons.com Discord. Of course, you can always find us at our home at herlalsons.com. Till next week, y'all, go Irish, be boilers, have a good one.